You're now watching Youth Radio K on KNME Channel 5. Tracy, we're not on TV. We're on radio. But yes, this is Youth Radio. Then welcome to our March 19th show. Yeah, tonight we've hijacked the entire control room and taped up the entire cast and our adults. Tempting them with food and nice cold beverages. But don't worry, we'll be freeing them throughout the night to do some wonderful segments. That's right, we have some ca super califragilisticexpialidocious segments. First, we have an awesome roundtable that Avika will be facilitating on gender rules. We'll also have a Berkeley Youth Radio piece on store workers who lie to you to get you to buy something. And a wonderful interview with Mariana Anaya, conducted by Diana. But now we have some totally rad music with Mars. Wait, I just said rad. Who says rad anymore? Oh wait, yeah, me. Take it away, Mars. Thank you, Tracy and Jaren. I am Mars, your first music host for tonight. And to start off the show, for I'm gonna play a, a power group, Soaring Eagle, made up of students from Berlinville Public Schools District. This um, this group has gone far in the Powell Nation, performing as ho host group in many gatherings. So now, Brilliant Public School, Soaring Eagle, take it away. Have you ever been told that you couldn't do something because of your gender? Or do you ever feel pressured into doing something just because you're expected to? Well, tonight we have a roundtable discussion that may help us answer those questions. Here's Avika Lucky. Hi, everyone. Um, we're going to have a good roundtable tonight. So um, with me, I have Tracy, Jaren, Paula, and Michael, and myself, Avika. Um, so can you guys give me a little, a bit on your background? I'm Tracy Tram, and I'm 14, and I'm in, I'm a Chinese American, and I was born in Albuquerque, New Mexico. My name's Jaren Kai, I'm 16, I'm Native American, and I was born in Albuquerque, New Mexico as well. My name is Paula Castillo, I'm 14, I was actually born in Florida, but I grew up in Chihuahua, Mexico. Well, I guess I'm Mexican-American. And I'm Michael Harley. I'm 17, and I was born in East India, and I've lived in America most of my life. I've lived in Minnesota and here in New Mexico. Okay, um, my name is Avikra, and I'm African-American, and I've lived here most of my life, too. Well, all my life, but anyways. Um, so I'm really excited to bring you guys, the audience, a panel with such diverse perspectives and whatnot. So let's start it off with um, the first question. Um, so what are some of the rules that you feel like you have to follow being a male or a female in our society? Well, as a female, I know that there's those rules where you have to shave your legs and armpits and you have to like <laughs> get your eyebrows waxed and not grow a beard or mustache. <laughs> so no facial hair. Definitely. Well, your eyebrows. Uh, yes. That's about it, I guess. <laughs> I, I guess it's, you know, different for both males and females and, like, 
totally so many ways, but there are those people who kind of do shatter boundaries. Um, they take on like just that. I know girls who kind of just totally dress um, androgynistic, which means they just, they don't really care if they look male or female. It's just as long as they're wearing clothes. Well, I think that another rule that girls have to follow is like to clean the house. They have to like clean the house, wash the dishes, boom, mop. Everything has to be like done by girls. Some guys like do it because they want to and some because they're forced, I guess. But I think that that's another rule that girls like have to follow. Well, for um, males, I suppose there's things like it was interesting because I saw this uh, show last night on TV thinking about the conversation we were going to have. Um, and it was it portrayed males as like not knowing anything about women and they have to they have to just um, try out women all the time. It's like that's what's expect and they don't know anything about them and they have to go to a woman for guidance about what a woman really needs. They just can't figure it out themselves. So kind of that stereotype that men are just stupid in a way. That's like a general kind of thing that's attached to males. Yeah. Um, so what, what are some of the consequences that would come if, like, say, a man did know was... Well, one of the stereotypes is that men aren't in touch with their feelings and they don't know how to, like, express their feelings well enough. So what would... Um, what would one of the consequences be if a man was in touch with his feelings and did express them? Like, what do you guys think? Well, he'd be seen as, you know, girly or he'd be called gay or things like that because mm -hmm. that's not the, especially teenage males, that's not the, the stereotype of a teenage male. And, you know, we, we do have emo music, but, you know, you don't even, I don't even think that those guys are even really portraying their true emotions. But, you know, guys can't show emotion because it's not manly to do it. Yeah, I think it's sad that men are taught not to cry or, like, express their feelings. It makes things harder, I think. But uh, anyways, what about some of the other roles that females have to follow? Like, what would be the consequences if they didn't follow one of your guys' roles that you just came up with? I think that, um, you know, if the female, they didn't really take care of themselves, they might have that consequence where other girls might look at them differently and make fun of them, even. Or Just, make them like the outcast mm -hmm. of a group or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, you're, when, when that happens, that's like... In our society, it's like you're putting yourself just out to be ridiculed, almost. Like if you go out without, I don't know, combing, without combing your hair or without makeup on, it's like a totally different thing. So I've heard. <laughs> I wouldn't know from personal experience. <laughs> um, Paula? Well, I think that when girls don't like take care of themselves, they're also seen as like, oh, well, she's kind of like a tomboy or something because they don't really care about themselves. But I don't think that's necessarily true because not having makeup on and like doing your hair and everything, that has like nothing to do with your like personality. Because like when you go to talk to someone, you're going to talk to them. They're not going to, you're not just going to go so they see your hair, or your makeup or something like that. 
We have to be a society of magazine ads where your makeup is perfect, your hair is perfect, your clothes are the same brand and everything. You have to be completely dressed up head to toe even to go to the supermarket. It's just stupid. Yeah. Like, um, we did this we did this project with um Young Women United, this exercise. And um what we found was like most of the rules that females have to follow are like taking care of themselves physically and whatever. And um and it's all just like to please men. Like that's one of the rules that we that's what we came up with, but um so have you ever felt like you couldn't do something because you were a male or a female? Like, because you would see, be seen as, because um, the thing you wanted to do was seen as a characteristic of the opposite sex or you'd be labeled? I think that that happened to me when I was smaller because I would always like be climbing trees and playing with trucks and everything. But I liked that. That was like part of me, right? And the girls would say, oh, why are you doing that? You should be playing with Barbies or whatever. But I was like, but I don't like Barbies. <laughs> I like to play in the trees and I like to play outside. And I think that everybody saw me like, what are you doing? That's like boys things. You shouldn't be doing them. But I really didn't care. I just wanted to do them. People have that assumption about me because I'm, you know, I'm gay. And it's like, I read comic books. I've been playing with action figures since I was a little kid. I don't. You know, and they they don't really see me as that stereotype. And, you know, I'm OK with that because I don't like the, the gay stereotype, the feminine male stereotype. I don't like that. It's not who I am. And I'm not saying that it's wrong for any other you know gay teenager to be feminine or anything. It's just but it's not who I am. And I don't feel like I have to live into their stereotype, you know, as in in this society, I I, like I said, I read comic books. I do all these different things that people don't expect of me. Um, it's kind of weird because for me, it's almost the opposite experience. Like I'm, I'm not gay, but the things that people um, see, like when they see me just baseline, they think I am because I like things like I like um, my, my favorite movies are Disney movies. I like show tunes. I'm very, I, I'm very kind of childhood-ish with as like as far as the things I like and and I and at school I'm I'm responsible I do my work I don't like slack off or just look at girls all the time you know and make rude comments to them or something it's like because that's not the macho man then there's no other label for it so you have to call it gay in this time I think society really um, stereotypes a lot of people and that stereotype for gay people well gay guys is just that really flamboyant is that flamboyant yeah um flamboyant type who carries like bags or something and just talks in that really high-pitched high voice. voice and um if you're a guy and you just don't really fit into that manly kind of stereotype they'll automatically say you're gay because there's nothing else to label you. Like there's yeah. no category. So yeah. there's no choice that to people. They just think you have they and it's so like in today's society it's almost like people have to be in a category. You can't be your own self like out of the box. You just have to be in a category and that makes it easier for people. It makes it makes them easier to 
ridicule you. It makes yes. them easier to call you names. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like Michael said, it shouldn't be like that, though. Like, there shouldn't, you shouldn't have to fit inside a box or whatever. And yeah, you should just be who you are and like do what you want. And I, I think if our society wasn't so judgmental, like, we'd be happier and there wouldn't be so many problems, you know? But, um, so. You guys got into labels, but that was good. Um, so after this, after this discussion, how do you guys feel about labels? I don't like labels particular. I don't, it's just, I don't like having to live in a society where we have to label everyone just be, just so we can feel safer about ourselves so that we can feel safer about our daily lives. I don't label people as, oh, that's the bipolar girl stay away from her or that's that weird kid with the weird hair i don't like him um i have a friend who's been in the hospital in in the psychiatric ward and um one day he was over at my house and my mom kind of labeled him as this crazy kid who might go off and i've never thought that about him i always seen him as a human being as one of my best friends and it kind of hurt me when she kind of thought that about him but I kind of understood her reasons for worrying because he has a history of that. But, you know, I don't really see that about him. I just see him as a as a person, as a human being. I think that this goes back to, like, schools because at schools you're, like, always labeled. You're labeled, like, no matter what. If you like computers, you're a nerd. If you, like, do your hair every time, you're, like, popular. And, like, I don't, I don't like, I don't label myself because I just, I'm just who I am and I hang out with people that, like, they think the same that I do, and they just, I don't know, I just don't like labels <laughs> anywhere. I've, I've never liked labels, and like Paula said, school is one of the worst places where labels occur. I think that was um, actually used as an example in uh, Mean Girls, the movie Mean Girls, where they, they showed her a diagram with all the tables in the cafeteria, and if each table had this particular um, group in it. Like, oh, the goths sit over here. Oh, the drama people, they're weird. You don't want to go near them. The you art know. freaks. Yes, the popular. exactly. JB Jobs. And it's unfortunate <laughs> <Asians>. that... <laughs> and it's fortunate that that happens because, like, especially in places like school, it's such social socialization in school is really a tough thing to have and do. And when people aren't willing to go out of their norm and go visit another group or get to know other people just because, you know, they sit at that table, you know, and, oh, you don't go near that table. But it's it, you have to just learn to get up and not worry what they're going to think about you. That's something that I think is key, is, like, not worrying what other people think of you. I actually kind of experienced that, and um, I don't hang out with just one group, but... I do, I do worry about what people think about me, but then not to the point where I'm scared to go meet other people. Like, I can go to different groups and then just hang out and, like, feel comfortable. And um, that's what I like. And I try to, I mean, like, when I was younger, I didn't really do that. But then when I got into middle school, I kind of just tried to get out of there. Like, try to get out and talk to different people and meet different people and not um, judge people by what they are and I like to get to know people um so 
Um, how do you think we can, just like real quickly, how do you think we can um, get out of the gender boxes that our society has and like, you know, break through that? And how do you guys think we can do that? I think one of the best ways to do that is for on both sides of the spectrum, uh, you yourself have to be willing to go to other people and other people out there have to be willing to welcome you. That's the only way that we're going to, I think to me, that's the only, one of the only ways we're going to be able to accept each other and break out of labels. I think that you also have to stand up for yourself and for other people. And if somebody tells you something like, he's gay because he does that, you should say, no, that's not a reason to be gay. You should like first look at the facts and then you should talk. Yeah, learn who people are first. Don't automatically group them. Just talk to them, find out what they're like. If you don't like them, you don't have to hang out with them. Or if you do like them, you know, talk to them once in a while. Yeah, you should just um, not judge people, like, just how they look and really get to know the person inside. Really, really good points, you guys. This is a good roundtable discussion, and I'm glad that you guys decided to join in and help me, like, talk about gender. So thanks a lot. Um, okay, on to our next song. An MC just like an English muffin. Don't worry about a thing because the poop is never bluffing. I catch headaches from the whack. So then I take a buffin and I max. I wait until the uptune time and then I tax. But should I max? Now they say sinning gets for sinners, so I guess I'm not a sinner. Beginners for beginners, so I guess I'm no beginner. This is how I That was a taste of some classic hip hop. That was brand newbian. And with all for one. And now listen to Jaren. Thanks, Mars. Mariana Anaya is a 10th grader at Valley High School. She is part of an opera production, and tonight we have an interview with her conducted by Diana Baron Moore. I'm here with Maria Anaya, who is going to be performing in the Zarzuela La del Manojo del Rosas, coming to the Roy Disney Theater in the Hispanic Cultural Center next weekend. Welcome, Mariana. Um, so my first question for you is whether you could tell our listeners a little bit about the history of the Zarzuela and, you know, just what is it? Definitely, okay. Um, the Zarzuela is a Spanish operetta. It originated in Spain in the 1600s. Uh, King Philip IV, uh, he had a hunting lodge and he renovated it into a palace and he had zarza bushes that were growing around and he had plays outside in the garden, and his palace got to be known as the Palace of the Sarsuela. And this particular type of musical happened to just transform over 200 years. Um, how did you get involved in the production? Um, I was working with my director, Salome Martinez Lutz, uh, in a, let's see, it was just a regular play this summer. It was called Shadow of a Man. And she, you know, she had kind of been talking about it then, about what she was going to do now. And she asked me to audition, and I was like, oh, no, I can't audition for an opera. No, this is weird, you know. But I did, and I got in, and she's just kind of taking me under her wing. That's great. So then you said you've done theater before. Have you done any, like, singing productions before this? 
Yeah, um, I was in cabaret. That was fun. <laughs> I was one of the two ladies. That was so much fun. We just kind of pranced around on stage. And, oh, fun. Uh, I was also in uh, Les Mis. Uh, that's, that was fun, too. It was really nice. And I got to be Madame Thenardier for a couple of nights. <laughs> and that was fun, just like going on stage and just being like, yeah. <laughs> so was there something that sort of changed your mind and made you want to be involved in opera? Um... I think I've always wanted to. I just kind of haven't been, uh, how do I put it? I just didn't think that my voice like suited it well because I'm a little more nasally than what opera calls for. But um, I don't know, just Salome is my inspiration, I guess you could say, because uh, I think she's great. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> and how do you think the experience has benefited you in every way I mean it's always nice to have something else um, you know for the record something else that you can add to your list and say yeah I've, I've been there I've done this you know can you tell us anything about like the plot line um, it's basically a love story that gets really like jumbled up and miscommunication but everything's happy in the end. And despite like all the political stuff that was going on at the time and all of these heavy things, uh, the play manages to keep upbeat and really funny, so. Cool. And you said that they were bringing in people from New York. I mean, that's yeah. really exciting. Hot stuff we got going on here. Cool. <laughs> yeah, um, our leads are from New York. Well, not all of them. It's really fun working with like really experienced people and they just kind of teach you and you grow from that. So I, I know we talked about maybe you singing something. Um, do you think you'd feel okay with that? Yeah, <laughs> I <Okay>. think so. <laughs> I'm sorry if it doesn't come out right. Okay. <laughs> So, Maria, I really want to thank you for coming down. I know you're so busy with all of your fabulous rehearsals and everything. Um, once again, for our listeners, we've been speaking with Maria Naya, who is performing in La del Manojo del Rosas, um, coming to the Roy Disney Theater next weekend at the Hispanic Cultural Center. And for more ticket information, you can go to Ticketmaster.com. Thanks again. Thanks. This has been Diana Barron-Moore for Youth Radio. You just heard Diana Baron Moore interview Mariana Anaya. Now here's Mar with some here's Mars with some more rad music. This will be my last song for tonight. Then next we'll have Michael Harley gone with um, the rest of the music for the remaining of the show. The next artist just recently won the Plug Independent Music Award for Hip Hop Album of the Year. Danger Doom, or, form, or formerly known as MF Doom, born in London, England, but raised in Long Island, New York. Critics call him the Hendrix of hip-hop, giving his fans a crazy East Coast style. So here's Danger Doom with El Chupa Nabre. Ah. 
super flow with more jokes than Bazooka Joe. A mix between super fly snooker and a super hoe. True MC like El Trooper Libre. Digest a group and sell the poop on eBay. Danger with the best screen and shoot the DJ. Doom clicking over two chickens three way. Four in the five, a cork on the freeway. Villain find a way to make a pay whatever we Have you ever walked into a store and purposely picked out the ugliest, most vomitizing outfit and have had one of the salesperson tell you that it was actually cute? Sophie Simon Ortiz from Berkeley Radio investigates the topic of teenage retail psychology. Hey, welcome. Love your boots. Come on. Teenagers have to deal with phony people at school all the time. And isn't shopping an escape from social stress? But at every teeny bopper store I've ever been to, it seems like the salespeople are trying so hard to be my new best friend. I guess marketing experts have done their research. They've figured out the power of your girlfriend saying how cute you look in those $90 jeans. Check out Rachel, who works at a mall in San Francisco. Do you have a lot of genuine conversations with people? Definitely, yeah. yeah. I, I think that that, in particular, tends to work in our store. Can you just say? Those are too big? That's a good thing. Okay. <laughs> it looks really cute. It looks darling. Whoa, let me give you a replay. A customer walks out of the dressing room with pants obviously too big. Rachel offers her the pants in a smaller size. But when she sees the customer likes the big pants, she tells her she looks cute, essentially lying right in front of her face. What's up with that? Yeah, definitely. How genuine do you feel when you're greeting people? Like, Do you well, feel like it's kind of a scripted thing? Or no, like, not at all. I mean, okay. part of my job is to make it a genuine conversation. So, you know, I genuine conversations are part of her job? You know these girls can't like everyone. 18-year-old Leah Burns works at Wet Seal. It's a trendy clothing store. And the bosses there give her training cards telling her how to talk and dress. Leah ends up spending a big chunk of her paycheck on wet seal clothes she's required to wear to work. You can only wear what they call fashion denim, and that's no regular jeans. Any jeans that you wear have to have glitter on it or some type of design. Yes, you feel like a mannequin instead of an employee. So a lot of companies will go out of their way to try and hire young people who they think are good-looking young people. This guy proves my point. Stuart Tannock teaches at UC Berkeley, where he studies young people in the workplace. And they actually call these young workers not sales clerks, but brand representatives. So they're all almost like walking advertisements in the store. But it's even more than that. You've got to create a full-blown, believable character. Jessie started working at 17 and pretty much supports herself, selling clothes she can't afford. It's kind of annoying sometimes when it's like a 14-year-old girl who has, you know, their mom or dad's credit card and they have no concept of money, no concept of what it's like to work for what they get. No concept. It bugs her, but she's a pro at hiding her true feelings. You can see why the UC Berkeley guy calls this kind of work emotional labor, which means manipulating your own feelings and other people's reactions. This approach might turn a profit, but it feels like a mind game. As a customer, it's creepy to get pushed into instant friendships just so a store can make the sale. The popularity game is hard enough on a high school campus. I wish retailers weren't using the same tactics. In Berkeley, I'm Sophie Simon-Ortiz. That was Sophie Simon-Ortiz from Berkeley Youth Radio. For more information, please visit their site at www.youthradio.org. Here's Michael with some awesome music.
Thank you very much, Tracy. Hey there, listeners. I'm your second music host this evening, Michael. Coming up later, we've got some music from the original Broadway production of Rent. But this next song is for the individualist in us all. Instead of falling into stereotypes and boundaries, there are times when we just need to break out of our norms and experience things we never have before. This is the spirit of the main character in Disney's treasure planet, Jim Hawkins. Despite that the movie flopped horribly at the box office in terms of its sales, it held a pleasant surprise with its animation, plot, and songs for all who happened to see the film on an offhand chance. Johnny Resnick, lead singer of the Goo Goo Dolls, went solo in contributing two songs to the movie's soundtrack. Here he is singing Jim Hawkins' theme titled I'm Still Here from the Treasure Planet soundtrack. song to leave behind find one song one last refrain you're listening to youth radio on 89.9 konm you just heard a melodious set of songs that started with i'm still here from the treasure planet soundtrack and after her afterwards we heard one song glory encouraging you listeners to find the song that'll leave your mark in life the song was performed by Adam Pascal's character, Roger, off of the original 1996 cast recording of Rent. A little later, we'll be hearing more from Rent as the Broadway cast joins Stevie Wonder for a rousing chorus of Seasons of Love. But for now, let's throw the spotlight to Jaron and Paula with the calendar. Welcome to the Youth Radio Weekly Calendar. I'm your calendar host, Paula Castillo. And I'm your calendar co-host, Jaron Kai. It's March 19th, 2006. Take it away, Paula. Thank you, Jaron. Have you ever wanted to learn how to tour around the dance floor like the contestants on Dancing with the Stars? Then, che- then come check out Ballroom Tango Lessons. Come learn, practice, and dance Sundays at the Solo Club, 2500 Candelaria Northeast, from 2 to 4 p.m. It's free. Call 323-7584 for more information. Come to Monday Night Live at the Blue Dragon Coffee House, hosted by Trout, from 8 to 10 p.m. It's free and all ages are welcome. Blue Dragon is located at 1517 Gerard Boulevard. The phone number is 268-5159. Attention all female artists, attention. Newgrounds is seeking applications for its Rachel Allen printmaking scholarship. It's open to all women living in the Albuquerque and Santa Fe areas who can demonstrate participation in the art community. The deadline is April 15th. Please visit www.newgroundsprintshop.com for more information. Do you want a new way to get in shape? Beginning tribal belly dance classes are held from noon to 1 p.m. and the intermediate classes from 1.15 to 2.15 p.m. at Reflecting the Moon, 139 Harvard Southeast. 
call 243-3180 or go to www.reflectingthemoon.com for more information. Have you ever tried Indian bread? Come experience Inuit culture at the Indian bread baking demonstration in South. Enjoy freshly baked bread from the Orno, fried bread, Indian tacos, pastries, and more from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. at Maxwell Museum of Anthropology on the UNM campus. Call 277-5963 for details. Come check out the Plain White Tees, Park, Amity, and Whatsoever at the Launchpad at 618 Central Avenue Southwest on Wednesday, March 22nd. All ages are welcome. Call 764-8887 for more information. Is creativity your thing? Come to Open Mic Night at Parkside. There's poetry, music, and drama every Thursday until May 18th from 7 to 8 p.m. at 1215 Hazel Southeast, the corner of Spruce and Hazeldine. Are you in the mood for some smooth jazz? The ICP Orchestra with special guest Kenny Darwin is playing at the Outpost Performance Space on Thursday, March 23rd at 7.30 p.m. ICP is a nine-piece European jazz ensemble launching, including drums, trombones, violins, and clarinets. For more information, call 268-0044. Come to the masterpieces of fellow teens at Site Santa Fe in Santa Fe. Semantics, the words of art, is an art exhibit entirely by young artists. It runs through April 16th. Call 989-1199 for details. That was the weekly calendar for Youth Radio. I'm your calendar host, Jaren Kai. And I'm Paola Castillo. Have a nice week. Now back to our host. Wow, it looks like that's going to be the end of our show, folks. That's right, Jaren. Our fantastic engineer was Avikra Lucky. Our very organized producer was Mina Lee. The very dandy music was chosen by our two music hosts. Marshallon and Michael Harley. The calendar was wonderfully done by Paolo Castillo and... Jaren! Much thanks to Steve Emmons for editing the Mari Anaya interview. Our awesome roundtable on general, g- gender rules, sorry, <laughs> gender rules was conducted by Avigra Lucky. The adult co-conspirators are Danielle Cantrell, Steve Emmons, Roberta Rael, Marcos Martinez, and Otiamba Umi. I'm your host, Jaren Kai. And I'm your other host, Tracy Tram. That's it. Check out our cool website at www.kunm.org slash youth radio. And remember, please remember to listen to us every Sunday at 7. Next up is Spoken a Word with Jared Ebenreck.